Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How is long? <laughs> you have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet wiener. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. This is the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about all things important in the world of barbecue right here. Fun, exciting, live, local, and late breaking, at least while it's happening right now here on your Tuesdays. Remember, this show is live from 9 to 11 on each Tuesday evening. So if you haven't yet, make plans to join me for a live show. It's great. Still to come on the show, Kyle Riggin, the maker of K-Rig Barbecue Pit, the pressure cooker barbecue pit. Backyard Barbecue Show on Instant Chat. Grilled cheese with leftover meat is great. Agreed. So I got a lot of email after the show last week asking about the Matt Pittman brisket method. Tell me again. What was it? Wrap here. Do I spread? Very simple. Let me re-go over it because there's literally four or five steps. And all you need is time. That is the most of what you need, time. If you're looking for a quick cook, if you're looking for something to get out briefly, this is not the cook for you, okay? Putting it out there right up front. This is going to take at least 16 hours if you're following the method, at least. That's not including the hold time. Here's the method. Again, once again, by Matt Pittman. Shout out to Mr. Meat Church. First and foremost, do your trimming, blah, 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 season it up, whatever you like. You put this on the pit. Fat cat up. Fat cap up. That's the whole thing here. That's the biggest curveball. Everybody talking about Fat cap down. This is fat cat up. Also, your pit will run for the first 14 hours at 195 degrees. Okay? Get in, get your pit temperature set, whether you have a pellet cooker or a gas cooker, or you can finagle a stick burner into that 195 degree range, however you do it. The method is 195 pit temp for 14 hours. Put it in, close it up, that's it. Then, after 14 hours has elapsed, pull out your peach butcher paper, not foil, peach butcher paper, wrap it tightly in the butcher paper, then put it back in your pit. Fat cap up. Increase your pit temperature, 200 
and 75 degrees from 195 degrees. So, once again, you're increasing the pit temperature from 195 to 275. Now, the outlying time frame here is for an additional three hours. Now, what I would like to tell you is start checking for doneness after that first hour and a half, maybe two hours has elapsed. You don't know how the meat is going to change or cook or adapt or whatever. Every brisket is different. So around that one and a half to two hour range, start looking for doneness. If you're not using Wagyu, and I have been told, and I took mine to 108, or scratch that, 208, higher finish temp, the normal briskets, choice, select, blah, 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 uh, 205, 203, 205. Then hold once you've reached the internal temperature or finish. And again, you can tell by how probe tender it is, right? It's given up the ghost. Keep it in the wrap. Go into a dry cooler. Minimum hold time, one hour. Okay? So again, fat cap up, 195 pit temp for 14 hours. Then wrap tightly and butcher paper. Increase pit temperature to 275 and put back on for three hours. Start checking for doneness hour and a half to two hours into that three-hour stretch. Rest in cooler one hour minimum. That's it. Easy stuff. Now, I did want to mention, if you follow me on social media, you saw that I got to hang out with the barbecue snob Daniel Vaughn this past Sunday. Always a treasure. Brief recap of the Tales from the Pit fiasco. We talked a little bit about that. Him and I differ a little bit about was it okay for them to do what they did. Now, again, they've deleted the episode, which I think is ridiculous. Uh, Daniel seems to think that it was more on the reckless side because they never reached out to Aaron Franklin themselves. They just went ahead and went off a bunch of uh, research and trusted sources, but says they everything was fine up until the point they decided to say, well, the only thing we can surmise after reviewing all this data is that Franklin's either going to sell to somebody else or it's going to close. That's where it became reckless. Uh, I disagree. I think that uh, if they feel their research is right, then they put in the work. Now, as I had said after I asked them to come on my show, I also would have lobbed a call and said, hey, just so you know, I'm a, I'm a run with this. Here's what I see. I'm going to run with this. Is this good? Is this bad? You can dispute it after the fact. I'm going to run with it. Then you've covered all the bases. But, you know, from a show standpoint and an entertainment standpoint, I thought, by and large, from a journalistic integrity standpoint, these days they did pretty good. So if they liked what they, and they felt confident in what they were saying, which they did, again, because they released the podcast, they should have just stuck with it. Then they could add a production on the front side of it after the fact and said, hey, Aaron Franklin did an interview with Daniel Vaughn, said we were way off base. It's actually not going to happen, but this is why we did it. Here's the show anyway. Enjoy it for what it is. We also enjoyed a meal at what I says is the second best barbecue place in Cleveland, which is Mabel's Barbecue. 
Uh, it was also Daniel's cousin that was with second cousin. So we, we got a little bit of an eat on. Then Daniel Vaughn introduced me to the best deli in Cleveland. Now, it's on the west side, so I have a 77 east side-itis kind of a thing. The west siders have it, too, when you have to go to the east side. But thank God Daniel came to town because I don't know how long it would have taken me to find Larder, Delicatessen, and Bakery. Special mention to Jeremy Mansky, who is the owner. Jeremy is a uh, mushroom expert. Not that kind of mushroom, like the wild mushrooms that you can eat. He enlightened me the likes of which I cannot believe. Oh, unbelievable. I have him set up for October 2nd interview. We're going to go way deep into mushrooms like you've never seen. He did a mushroom pastrami sandwich. If you haven't been on my Instagram lately, you got to check that out. Unbelievable. It was all mushrooms. Chicken of the Woods. You ever heard of Chicken of the Woods? Evidently, it's a real popular mushroom. It's right here in Cleveland. Hey, let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers before we get to the K-Rig. The one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. Their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa Smokers has something for every type of outdoor cook. Helps you become a better one at that. Now, whether in the backyard or in the competition circuit, Big Papa's has something for everyone. Like the championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition scene and in the backyard. They also have teamed up with Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what's known as the West Coast Offense. That's cornered the market on competitive barbecue. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce, an award-winning barbecue sauce, by the way. If you're looking for a new go-to sauce that will please everyone, Granny's traditional yet powerful flavor reminds us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. And aside from their premium selection of rubs and sauces, they also offer a vast array of pellet, charcoal, and wood smokers. For instance... If you're looking for an easy-to-use pellet smoker, the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill is the one you want to check out. They're the exclusive Mac dealer online. Even offers special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Fine. Take a look at the old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trail. If you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast and you're looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M Grill is just what you need from Texas. And they're built like tanks. If you're not sure what kind of grill you need, you can't go wrong with anything they sell over there at BigPapaSmokers.com. They have a hand-selected selection to help you barbecue better, boost your skills with the help of Big Papa Smokers, the number one online barbecue store. You can call them toll-free at 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop the website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. Kyle Riggin, K-Rig, coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead, the author of a barbecue Bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. 
It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. Hey, Smoking with Smithfield Committed Cooks. Make sure you head to smokingwithsmithfield.com and report your first place prize winnings so you can claim your prizes. Have you registered to compete in the American Royal Pork Loin Ancillary? Smithfield just increased the prize purse to six grand. Uh-huh. Don't forget to sign up for the Smithfield Classic, which will be in Richmond, Virginia on September 29th. To sign up, hit up Jesse at Big Papa Smokers. Jesse, J-E-S-S-I-E at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's Jesse at BigPapaSmokers.com. All right, so I think it was like a month or so ago, I get a link from one of my central lights showing me this cooker. The barbecue and grilling community can be a bit snobbish on things from time to time. It can be protective of its low and slow heritage. But in this segment, we will take the conversation and put it right on its ear as we learn about a new product that's available on the market. Ever thought about doing barbecue in a pressure cooker before? My next guest has. And now there's a barbecue pressure cooker available for sale right now on the market. So let's go ahead and race to the Traeger Grills hotline. And welcome first-timer to the show and the inventor of K-Rig, Kyle Riggin, joining me here on the show. Kyle, how are you, buddy? Good. Thanks for having me, Greg. Bet it. Absolutely my pleasure, Kyle. Appreciate you making time for the show this evening. So I guess before we get into the cooker and uh, I guess what uh, some would call the haters, uh, let's back it up a little bit and talk a little bit about what you do for a living and where you're home-based out of, all that stuff, and then we'll build into the cooker from there. Okay. Yeah, I'm a mechanical engineer by trade. I'm self-employed. Uh, I have a shop out, out behind my house and been doing this for about three months now. And, uh, you know, that's that's basically what I do is kind of come up with ideas and and kind of try to execute as best as possible with them. So are you kind of a, a hired hitman for engineering then like you contract on with different companies or have you had a like a steady w-2 position with somebody before uh the last w-2 position i've had probably was you know 10 years ago really um yeah i actually was part of another business that uh got uh, sold out of and uh um so now this is my main gig and see where it takes me all right so k-rig is the full-time gig for you right now right background in barbecue are you somebody that grew up in a family that loved the live fire stuff or uh, something that like you got into after college and wanted to like get chicks and stuff so you learned barbecue like what's your background (laughs) oh my background um you know i was as a boy scout growing up we cooked a lot on you know open fires back then but it was pretty pretty premature and limited and um you know I had a electric smoker before this, and I might have smoked three or four times on it. Um, I think I tried a brisket once and completely ruined it. Um, could do ribs okay and some chicken wings, but that's about it. And, uh, yeah, well, my experience with uh, smoking is very limited. Wow. So you're like uh, like freshly cut wood. You're a little green when it comes to the industry, I guess. Yeah, I okay. am. And, you know, it doesn't. You know, you, you talk about the haters, but I it doesn't really bother me because I don't have any background in it. Yeah. You know, I think if I had, you know, all this experience doing it, you know, the old fashioned way, I would maybe be a little hurt by it. But you know, when when somebody comments on like the videos and, and things of that nature, you know, I just rolls off my back. 
because I have no basis for it. All right, Kyle. So let's go ahead and take a look at the K-Rig itself. And just from a operational standpoint, how does it work from start to finish? Okay. Um, the chamber itself has uh, two, two chambers. You have an inner chamber, and then you have an outer chamber. And the outer chamber has a 60,000 BTU burner, the length of the chamber uh, underneath the inner chamber. Um, and then underneath that, you have a uh, Honda engine that has been converted to propane and then runs off vegetable oil. Um, that engine, when it started, actually uh, the exhaust goes into a catalytic converter to convert any sort of unburnt hydrocarbons, converts it to CO2 and, and uh, water, basically. And then that's what pressurizes the actual chamber. And it acts like a convection oven. So it's continuously running, low idle, sounds like a quiet Honda generator when it's running. And it basically keeps just enough moisture in that chamber to keep the meat from drying out. But it doesn't have excess amount of moisture like in a regular pressure cooker. So you're able to achieve the color like you smoke something for hours on end. All right, so I'm not smart. Let me backtrack here just so I can okay. make sure that I have all the other central lights up to speed here. 60,000 BTU burner that runs right. full length. That's on the outer chamber, and that runs the full length of the, of the tube there. Right, that, so it's inside the outer chamber, outside of the inner chamber. And that's uh, propane fired? Right. Okay. Then there's a Honda engine underneath it. Correct. That runs on propane? Right. But it also needs vegetable oil. Well, instead of using like a regular motor, motor oil, which uh, you don't want to really eat that, yeah, got you know, got it's, it's, it's a vegetable oil, Okay, so which you, you have to change every about 25 hours of cooking because it, it will congeal just like fire oil will. Um, mm. But that's the only maintenance you have to really worry about. And so drop the and, uh, engine or drop the, the oil pan plug, drain it out, and then put more vegetable oil in. Right, and it takes about 0.4 of a quart. So it's nothing, you know, it's not a lot. It takes about 10 minutes. And uh, you do that about every 25 hours of cooking. And what's And the, with 20, go ahead. I was just going to say, what was the decibel rating on the, on the run of the engine, you think? I, I don't have that yet. Um, but it'd be about, when it's all tuned, it's going to be about, about the same as a Honda quiet generator. Okay. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's an engine, but it's, it's, you can have a conversation around it. When you start it up, do you have to then also run the engine the entire time of the cook, right? I mean, it's all part and parcel? No. Um, so basically, the, the, when you start cooking, you would start the burner first, um, and that gets the inner chamber hot, and it's cooking about 550 degrees, and you just have the burner on. There's an on position. That's it. And the, then you put a couple, like a handful handful to maybe you know i've had some users use up to two cups of wood pellets i use wood chips um i'm not a guy that really likes stuff really too smoky it gives me heartburn mm -hmm. um so some wood chips you let you know kind of have the door closed let everything's get up to temp you go inside get your rub on your meat and then you come out put them put the meat in shut the door start the engine and then you close the pressure cap and in probably about three seconds you have roughly around 10 PSI, and over time, that PSI drops off a little bit because the press release, um, uh, re actual regulators, they 
spring and it starts to get heat soaked, but it drops about to about seven PSI, six PSI. Um, but you know, that's plenty of pressure and plenty of heat and you need that high heat and pressure. So when that heat gets into the meat fibers, it's actually breaking down the, the, the meat fibers and, and cooking it. Is that a lot of pressure? I have no idea. I mean, 10 PSI doesn't necessarily sound like a lot. <laughs> it, it's not, um, you know, a regular, like an instant pot that you buy off Amazon mm-hmm. is 15. Um, the cooker itself is, uh, the barrels are built out of ASME, um, 10 gauge, uh, pressure rated pipe. So you, you probably could put several hundred PSI in it without any issues, but it has two pressure regulators on it. Um, one that's used and then the safety one at 15 PSI. And so, you know, multiple things have to go wrong for the thing to, you know, everybody always had a comment about the word about the thing blowing up. How, um, so but, how would it blow up? Like worst case scenario, how could it blow up? Worst case scenario I would see <laughs> is if you had somehow you had a lot of liquid in it, uh, the engine stopped running, both pressure uh, relief valves got clogged. Um, one pressure release valve is, is basically a radiator cap. So it's an, I got an opening of about an inch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it would, uh, somehow the, the system would keep enough pressure, you know, to get to a point of, you know, several hundred PSI. Um, but before that, you know, the, the engine would have to start running backwards or, I mean, this system isn't that tight that, um, you know, it, it would, I can't foresee it ever getting anywhere near that. Yeah, and that, um, so like the the tube itself would then explode or or what? No, I mean I think it'd actually start running the engine backwards. Oh, I don't even know what that means. That it would just so you would, it would just go in reverse. It would suck all the pressure out of it and it would freeze the meat. Right, because basically a, a well not freeze the meat. Yeah, that was a joke. Okay, <laughs> we're running backwards now. See where my mind is. I'm a simpleton. Remember. <laughs> yeah I, well i'm trying to be a little serious on the whole because you know I, I understand how people are you know pressure cookers in itself has had a, a bad rap over the decades um you've seen the pictures of them you know destroying a kitchen of somebody leaving it on the stove yeah yeah um but uh you know i've i've had situations where like with brisket we usually put some water in the drip pan that's inside and get it up to heat and if you move it you can actually hear that water splash down onto the burner and you could hear like the steam start creating more pressure than what the normally engine does, and the engine starts to slow down, but the press release valve takes care. I mean, it only raises up like maybe one, one psi, and that's a flash steam situation. That's like hot water that's probably close to boiling anyway, getting hit, hit by on a basically 550 degree plate, and it's flashing, and that's kind of the worst worst case scenario for anything like this is a flash steam steam situation. And you know, we, it, when it happens, you watch it and the, the gauge only goes up about a PSI maybe. Yeah. And it goes back to normal in about 10 seconds. And that's all sealed off anyway. That's just the water, the, the liquid hitting the, the bottom of the tube and it's just right. hot. Right. Like in chicken wings and ribs, anything underneath 45 minutes. Um, I don't, I don't put any water in the, in the tr- drip tray that's inside there. The drip tray is only there for, like to catch the grease so it doesn't go in a hot part of the, the, the inner chamber. You don't want that burnt grease, you know, smell or taste. Yeah. And so the water for something that's over 45 minutes is only there 
to basically delay that inner pan getting too hot before the fats of the meat start dripping in that pan to keep that pan itself from flashing off the grease. Hmm. So all that water is doing is it has nothing to do with the actual cooking of the meat. You're just delaying that heat, that pan being heat soaked to a point where it's not burning grease. So, but that's the only things, you know, like, like pork butts or, or, uh, briskets. That's all my thing that you usually that or beef ribs, anything over 45 minutes. And how much water are you putting in at that point? I mean, I'm sure it sounds like you want to minimize it. Yeah. I mean, it's like the pan itself is about half an inch tall by six inches by 27 inches. Hmm. So it's like maybe a cup of water. So, um, it's not much. And really that water is probably evaporated, you know, 10, 15 minutes into it. But it gives it just enough time that the, when the greases start flowing in that drip, drip pan, it's not flashing off and causing you know burnt, burnt you know grease smell. And I got some people jumping in here uh, in real time, and they've missed the first part of the conversation. Uh, this thing basically yeah. runs 550 degrees, so there's no uh, knob to control the burner or anything like that. No. Right. All right. Um, can you run leads? into the chamber for like remote thermometers and mavericks and all that other stuff in case you want to monitor those internal temperatures yes so like you know the only way i really cook a brisket um is putting a meat probe in it and then you just sandwich that lead through the the o-ring door Mm -hmm. and a little bit might you know a little pressure might start leaking out but you know a little pressure leakage on the whole unit it's not going as long as the engine keep up and keep the pressure going you know it's not it you know it's not like you have to have it completely sealed because that engine's just running and it's creating a you know convection oven situation. Have you thought about so, running like more PSI or like making a K version two? Yeah, like a it, 25 PSI I, or 50 or whatever. Well, I want to keep it under 15 PSI okay. um, because if you go under above 15 PSI, you get into a lot of legalities with uh, you need to get you know uh tested as a as a boiler at that point ah. um so i you know i'm you know trying to keep the cost on the unit down as much as possible so anything under 15 psi doesn't require that certification um and i've actually tried it at 15 i've you know i've you know change out the regulators rev up the engine engines louder at 15 psi <laughs> um and the uh food actually gets done quicker but it it doesn't get the color like there's a time difference mm. where you have to kind of have just the right amount of pressure and temperature because if one gets ahead of the other then either you know it, you get the meat that was done but it wasn't looking as appetizing as as what we've been able to achieve now so it's kind of ha- in this happy happy spot i've been working on this for probably almost a year now wow with different variations um, yeah, my first prototype, nothing to be really proud of from a visual perspective. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, from, uh, an initial prototype to what you have for sale on your website now, like, was it seven revisions or 20 revisions or three revisions? Like what's that process like for you? Yeah, it, it's probably, we're probably at version six right now, if I was going to guess. Um, so, you know, version one was very rough, you know, proof of concept. Um, then version two started getting into more of like, okay, what would this actually look like if you sold it to somebody? Hmm. And then the tweaks were, you know, burner, um, 
length burner uh, heat or amount amount of you know BTUs burners creating um, you know PSI um, engines too went through several different engines yeah. um, and landed on this that it's you know like everything anything can have some improvements but it's something that um, seems like it's very easy to use from the customers that have it now. Um, and you know, it's something that I'm, I'm constantly going to be making improvements to it at some point or, you know, while, while the days go on. Um, but you know, improvements also cost money and, uh, you know, that seems like a sticking point with a lot of people right now is the cost of the unit. Kyle Riggin joining me here on the show. K-Rig, R-I-G-G.com is the website. If you want to check it out here while we're talking, Kyle, this is all manufactured here in the country or most of it, or how's that work out? You know, everybody talks big about USA this, USA that, but when it comes to actually spending dollars, all of a sudden people don't seem to care as much. Yeah, so you know, the shop that you see behind me is, is where I make them. Hmm. So right now I've, I'm the one producing them, and uh, all those deals I source um, here locally. Uh, engine, of course, is... You know, it, it's a Honda engine, so it's probably produced in Japan. Um, but you know, all the steel parts, welding, all that's is is here, and and I'm in, outside of Austin, Texas. Are you? I mean, are you able to source good deals being a small kind of one guy company? And I mean, do you feel like you're getting a fair shake? Uh, I mean, I had I had some contacts uh, that I've been using, but you know, it's all about numbers. Um, it's one right, of those things right. that when you order five of them, it's the cost is higher than ordering a hundred of them. Yep. So you know, it's kind of one of those things that uh, you know that's that's the growing pains of of something like this is you know trying to get over that that first hurdle from you know doing everything retail from a supply perspective to actually okay now I can plan on making a hundred of them at a time and you know then the cost gets driven down considerably at that point. You married guy. Yes, yeah, married okay. with uh, one one ki- one daughter and another daughter on the way. Oh, find another week. God here. bless you. Look at you. Oh my God. Thank you. So, like, do you have to run the? I mean, I would assume a, a single Kyle would be like, ah, screw it. Let's just order a thousand engines. We're going to make this thing happen. We're going to get the best deals we could possibly get, and it's going to be sink or swim. When you're married, you got one kid already down. You got one coming in two weeks. Probably got a little bit be a little bit more judicious in those business plans. So how do you, how do you waffle on that uh, decision? Because, you know, I mean, as you said, the the bigger the numbers, the better the savings, but you don't want to do it too risky or not risky enough and, and be paying through the nose every time. Yeah. It, it's one of the, you sound like my, my parents. Um, <laughs> I have three, I have three you, daughters by the way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I have to remind myself, you know, like, okay, Hey, I got people, you know, you know, actually relying on me. Yeah. Uh, but my wife is really understanding. She's the one that's like, you know, she's always the one that's kind of pushed me, um, you know, on things like, Hey, you, you can do this, go do it. Um, so I, I have to really give her credit, um, for that because I probably would have given up on a lot of things in my life if it wasn't for her. Hmm. And, you know, it's, you know, we, you have a, a, a dollar amount in your mind that, you know, okay, I have this much to spend and I'm going to do everything I can to, to make it, make it happen. And, um, you know, it's, and it's going well now. So, um, you just kind of have to see where it goes and I'd rather try it and, 
and say, well, it didn't work, then not try it. And I wonder what, what could have. What's the price point? Right now, it's, uh, the retail is $3,999, um, but I have it on my website for $2,999. Um, it's a huge discount, and I'm just yeah. trying to get my numbers up. And that's, that's basically $2,999. I'm not making a dime off of it. I was going to say, that's, you're either cutting it close or there's actually some pretty good margin in there to take a one grand swipe. Right. I'm trying to get to a point where this next order of, of supplies that I got to get, I can, I can do bigger bulk orders and maybe get some margin in there. Um, and I got to, I have to get these out to some people's hands. Right now, I have about nine of them out there. Mm-hmm. Um, nine sold and, or, or nine given? Yeah. Yeah. Nine, nine sold. So they're, they're out there, um, already delivered. And, uh, so it's one of those things that, uh, yeah, I got. I have to just get in people's hands because when see people see the videos and the pictures, you know they're 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 skeptical, and I understand. I mean, somebody's claiming to cook something that's you know a fraction of time, and everybody's like, "Well, it's got to taste like crap." Yeah. Well, it doesn't, and um, you know, and the the hard part about this is I think people are going to have to taste it to buy it, um, and that's a slow roll. Mm-hmm. And so I have to get, I have to get units out there so people can, can actually taste it. Kyle, can I hold you over for one more segment? We yeah. can finish the conversation here. All right. We're talking with Kyle Riggin from K rig and the website is K dash rig, R I G G dot com. So check it out here while I talk to you quickly about cook shack. That's right. Manufacturing. Smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in the backyard, in the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job, and with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Get advice and share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. They actually have one of those still. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion. Ed Fast, Eddie Morin. The FEC 100, PG 1000, always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can actually double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cook Shack Residential Electric Smokers, if you're not into pellet smokers. The number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can make in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698 or visit cookshack.com. We are back with Kyle Riggin to talk more K-Rig. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Hey, welcome back. We're talking with Kyle Riggin from K-Rig. Kyle, thanks for hanging with me through the break here. Thank you. Um, so doing, you know, the three or four initial cooks on those uh, or on that electric smoker, 
Is that where you decided that pressurized barbecue needed to be implemented? Or like, how do you make the leap from a couple marginally successful cooks to, man, let's build this brand new way <laughs> of thinking. I mean, it's kind of a departure. Yeah, I back in probably when I was in high school, we always went out in West Texas to this place that had ribs only on Friday. It was a bait shop slash barbecue place. And I just remember some of those best ribs I ever ate in my life at that at that place, and it's called Big O's. And I don't know if it's actually true, but the the saying was that he smoked them slash pressure cooked them, mm. like either pressure cooked them a little bit and smoked them. Um, I mean, it was one of those things that you could almost chew on the bone. It was that that ch- tender. And so you know, I've been exposed to some pressure cooking and things of that nature, and. Um, you know, the pressure cooking always leaves a horrible, horrible color to it. It's, it's a gray. Um, and people, you know, use your, ratif- you know, put them in an uh, oven to try to get them colored up. Um, so I was like, well, you know, that's when I started kind of tossing this on my head is how do you do this? Get the color. It's more of an outdoor unit. Get the color, get the taste, and it'd be a one shot kind of deal. And I just, I just kind of acted on it. And that's, that's how I ended up here. Never thought of it. And you're like in the, you're in the heart of barbecue country. You said you're just outside of Austin. Yeah, um, but you know, even at that, it's you know, Aaron Franklin's just south of us, and I've never had his food. I've actually read his book. It's the only kind of education I have on barbecuing. Um, I actually had borrowed it from a friend that said, "Hey, you need to read this." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, I, I do," and uh, learned a lot. Um, uh, which is good because I, you know, before that I would, I, I didn't know how to really cook a brisket correctly, um, and I, I probably still don't. You know, I have a good friend of mine that has a uh, has a K rig, and he was more into the the com- competitive scene, and um, he's really kind of taken off with it mm. and uh, taught me a lot. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's just one a learning process. So I'm probably the last guy on this earth that probably should have came up with this idea. Um, Because, yeah, my background in the barbecue world is very limited. (laughs) Yeah. So traditionalists, obviously, are going to poo-poo on this for any number of reasons. No fire. There's a motor. There's pressure. Time reduction. The list certainly could go on and on. But let me take a different direction to a certain degree. I totally get convenience, and this may sound a bit hypocritical of me, but I love to live in the world of hypocrisy. It's like rule number 14 of my show. <laughs> but given the fact that – because I have three pellet cookers on my patio right now. But okay. isn't the idea of pressurized barbecue pits continuing to feed the laziness of America? Like, shouldn't we be forcing somebody to do something a little bit longer or a little bit harder and yet, as a society, we continue to focus on making shit easier and easier and easier. Now we can do 10-pound briskets in two hours. What are you doing <laughs> yeah, to yeah. the world, Kyle? I, <laughs> you know, I, I understand that because I, you know, I have a hard, hard time. Um, you know, I, I hate cell phones. I hate, you know, social media. Like, I wish I could just get rid of my cell phone. So the whole... You know, always having to be connected, always like, you know, go, go, go. That's not my per, you know, personality. Um, but, you know, my engineering part of me, um, you know, I like to take what somebody is taking as an art 
and really perfected an art, which takes a lot of talent, a lot of effort, a lot of time. And I like to find ways to take that into a process, which, you know, the artist hates. You know, if I can take a, a, a process that is very artfully done and then do it where somebody that has no experience whatsoever can, can achieve similar, if not better situation you know, or better product from it, um, that's, that's what I really enjoy doing. And so it's, it was my desire for this was, you know, I do love barbecue ribs. Like if I'm going to go into a place, I'm going to eat barbecue ribs, mm -hmm. but I like the smoker, the electric smoker, I'm four hours. So, you know, that's, that's a whole Saturday and you know, I, that's, you know, I, I'm not the kind of guy that will sit around a, a, a cooker for four hours. And if I do, I have to plan it out. I mean, it has to be a weekend. And so it's like one of those things that I, you know, I guess my in, in inability to wait is, is kind of what spawned this. And, you know, you get home now from work and fired up and by, you know, six thirty in the afternoon, in the evening, you have, you have ribs. So, uh, capacity wise, what are you looking at? Uh, you know, a 12 pound brisket fits in it just fine. It's a, it's about eight inches. The grill on the bottom is eight inches by 27 inches deep. Got about seven inches height. Um, so one, one regular size brisket fits in there just fine. Um, with the two racks in there, you can do, you know, uh, fill them up with chicken wings. You probably do 50 chicken wings. Um, you can do four baby rack ribs in there. Um, and the neat thing is, is you can actually kind of lay things on top of each other, like the ribs you can lay on top of each other with, and you don't really have to worry about the smoke not getting into something because the pressure just shoves it everywhere. Hmm. And, um, you know, so, it, you know, for a cookout, it's, it's a little different in your planning because usually you like what we've done in the past is you do your brisket. Usually it takes about two hours when you're to about 190. You wrap it up, put it in a cooler, and then you can do your ribs and your chicken. And by the time that that uh, that brisket's ready to come out and slice, you got everything ready to go. Hmm. So you're three hours into it. Are there any notable barbecue personalities that are using your cooker? I mean, I, I get that sometime promotion is the the mother of necessity, so you might gift one out here or there. Maybe you're you know, uh, inclined to send one up to Cleveland to some, but, uh, if you're ever down in Austin, you're more than welcome. I'm Aha, look at you. I like it. I like it. Um, uh, but I mean, is, know, there, is there any like personality that's using it right now? They can attest. Not yet. Yeah. Um, you know, I would love to, you know, have that interaction and that introduction with somebody, um, just has, haven't, ha hasn't happened yet. Um, but you know, the Facebook video went viral on me yep. and of course I've gotten on a huge, I, I can't keep up with the emails, um, and notifications and everybody wants, wants to, to review it and everything. And, you know, I just don't have the manpower right now. I'm having a hard time just keeping up with, you know, I'm not at that point of hiring people yet. So I'm having a hard time just keeping up with the orders I have. And, uh, it's one of those things that, uh, I would love to send out a couple of free ones to people just at some point I'll get there. Do you think that it cooks a certain food better than others or is it pretty universal? Yeah, it's, uh, hands down. I think actually vegetables like potatoes, okra, corn, that stuff just absorbs all the spices, all the smoke. 
I mean, the baked big potato and corn that comes off of this is 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 really awesome. Mm. Um, and then you move down to like chickens and pork, uh, like uh, pork ribs. Um, seems like they like you have to be really careful with the pepper. Like if you if you put pepper on a pork rib or chicken wing like you normally would on a smoker, uh, you'd be burning your mouth because the actual pressure kind of breaks down that spice and then shoves it down into the meat. Hmm. And that chicken and pork seems like it has more of a porous meat that it just it goes all the way in, and it will burn like just regular black pepper will burn your lips with this. Wow! Uh, if you're too heavy on it, uh, the beef brisket and beef ribs you can you can season it more. Uh, like a traditional smoker, um, it just seems like there's those fibers in the beef um, take longer to actually open up and 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 break down, and so it 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 doesn't you know get overly spiced um, if you're not you know too careful with it. Um, but uh, yeah, the pork. Um, I mean, I usually when I put things in this, I toss them in some barbecue sauce, put some salt and pepper on it, and that's it. And and then you're eating it without sauce when it comes out. There's no need for sauce. And I don't know a lot of people say that, but I mean, I haven't put a sauce on anything coming out of this. You had mentioned that you're getting a lot of requests. There's a lot of notifications. You haven't hired anybody else yet, but I mean, at some point I would assume you're going to have to decide to start bringing people on. Are you always going to look to work off of a lead time or ideally would you like to see something where you have stock available? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, at some point I have to get stock available, especially around probably Christmas. You know, because I can see something like this might be a, a Christmas present for somebody, um, and they're not going to be excited about waiting four weeks after after Christmas. Um, but you know, it's like anything; you just gotta you gotta get the capital going and get the orders rolling, and 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 that's kind of like the, you know this next step. America loves bigger and better. Would you build a bigger unit? It, it's been rolling around. Um, don't really know how I'm going to pursue that. Um, yeah, you just, I think you just kind of wait to see what comes of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know because I've I've been approached by restaurants and things of that nature. Um, I just don't know how I'm going to how I'm going to play that. That could be the avenue that makes the millions, right? The uh, pressurized right. barbecue cooker for the barbecue restaurants. Right. Nice. Kyle Riggin created K Rig. K-RigRigg.com. It's a pressurized barbecue cooker. And as you, if you were watching on video, you're seeing all the food that it was turning out. So certainly from a photography standpoint, we can attest to the color it's achieving as well, aside from the quick cook times. Kyle, really appreciate you coming on and talking about the K-Rig and letting us get to know you a little bit better. Thanks for doing it. Well, thanks, Greg. And if you're ever down in Austin, let me know. I sure will. There he is, Kyle Riggin. K-Rig. Like it. I'm going to shut me down. All I guests like appear via the Traeger <laughs> Grills hotline. Send one over, please. Or if you come down to Yummy. Austin. I like it. I like it. I see you work. All right. So, instant reaction. What do we think? So, right now it's three grand. I imagine it's going to pop back up to that four grand after that initial run or whatever time frame he's looking at in order to get that second order. So it sounds to me, it sounds like he's working off that initial run right now and then trying to stockpile and then go for that second order, which would be the bigger order. So sacrificing margin potentially by leaps and bounds, he'd kind of right at the, at the zero mark. 
probably not add zero, but definitely $1,000 off a $4,000 deal is quite a swoop here. So we'll see how it goes. I'm interested in hearing what the snobs have to say. You guys dig it or hate it? And I want to hate it, but I'm pretty progressive. I got to be honest. I'm a lot more progressive than most of you people. So I would like to see the success here. I would, And he's right. You know, people need to taste it. That's what I'm thinking to myself. Do I want to spend $3,000? I want to taste it first. We'll see where it goes. I'll keep track. You know who's established? The Barbecue Guru. Damn right. Longest running sponsor of this show. We've always believed that outdoor cooking should be easy because it can be. Especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. The Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. This means smarter control, greater freedom with automatic temperature control. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature. Let the Monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pitmaster. With minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill. You can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. Come on, doesn't get easier than that. You can visit the website bbqguru.com or you can call them 800-288-GURU that's 800-288-GURU ask them all the questions that you might have don't guess because hey you want to make sure you got it right again that's the barbecue guru also the rib rack don't forget about the rib rack oh yeah if you got a ceramic cooker or you have a big offset you can double maybe triple the amount of ribs that you can do you can even stick a whole chicken in the middle of it if you want up to six ribs We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you've found the best Triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. National Barbecue News, dedicated to all things barbecue. Their goal to introduce new people to the barbecue world while keeping the barbecue enthusiast and professional informed on all the current happenings in and around Barbecue Nation. They obtain this goal by offering timely news stories, new product reviews, barbecue event calendar, and unique recipes inside their printed products, website, social media pages, and email newsletter. Subscribe now by visiting barbecuenews.com. Now, let me see if I can do this. Widgets, live, comments. This work? Widget not yet authorized. Right click. Okay. Let me see if I can get this. Right click, authorize export to Facebook. <laughs> really? Have to log in. I don't remember the last time I logged into Facebook. Is that even a, is that even the right password? I'm trying to see if I can get this comments thing going. It says I'm connected. Hmm. But it's probably not to the right thing, right? Right. Right, right. John. Yo. Pressure cooker barbecue. What do you think? I think it is 
flipping awesome. You do? I what? Well, it's are you not yeah. ready to I, hate? No, I mean it's like it's hey, it's it's not boiling water in a bag and a brisket. It's actually nope. fire. It's yep. actually wood chips. It's cool looking. Here's somebody who's trying to do something. You know, I'm not running out to buy one, mind you, but it's like, hey, I, I'm excited to follow it. So where's the price point for you have to be to get you excited enough to go out and try it, like buy it? I, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm close at the twenty nine is better than four, right? Yeah, I'm like it's like on sale, but I'm not. I'm never the one to get the brand new iPhone. I always gotta wait and let. You know, it's brand new. It's gonna have. Some, but it's like, I, I thought about it hard when I looked at that. I'm Con- not gonna lie. Conceptually, but. you're not gonna take a dump all over it because it's not offset and twenty hours and all this other stuff, or because it's something new. You don't have any aversion to that. A lot of people do. Oh, and I do. I don't just because. First of all, in the the vein of Tim Allen, it's got a motor on it. <laughs> it's creating pressure, and it's a got a big chamber, and I can cook ribs in twenty minutes. I mean, and if they're tasting good, yeah, I, I really can't argue with. Hey, what is what is what's show rule number four? <laughs> if the meat's good, something good's got to happen. Exactly. Oh, all so, right. I got my own rules right. Thank God. Uh, I'm telling you. So it's like no. It's I think it's. It looks cool. It looks like it's well built. I, has it got legs? I don't know if it can survive. He's got some startup issues. People are going to be climbing all over it if it is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see how it goes. I'm, you know, you got like all the cookers, so I just always wonder where your level. I don't of have them all, is. but you got to play. I, I will. Yeah, I will eventually have yeah, them all. That's right. Just like all of us want, we will all have them all. All right. Thank you, John. John, not averse. Like it. Outside the box thinker. Just like me. Not ready to poo-poo on everybody's parade. Let's see. Here we go. Um, The boater. uh, I don't even know what other $3,000 cookers are out there. Well, offsets you can make good. Uh, John's out. It'd feel weird if the show went smoothly. There's been no technical issues here tonight, Steve, by the way. So good on me and good on John. Yeah, always. Yeah, the, the widget not working is not a technical issue. Don't worry. That took uh, eight seconds. Last week was a whole technical issue. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. All right. Well, I'm not sure how I missed that time frame but that's all right we'll go ahead and get ready to head on out right all the way back in the first hour we talked with sam the cooking guy zion sam zion is not not tacoing not bringing thermometers into steak restaurants to help me out thanks sam for nothing He's also going to be at the Bet on Barbecue event at the Del Mar Racetrack. That's hosted by Sean Walcheff and Derek Marceau, amongst others. Behind the Smoke podcast. Celebrity judges are going to be there to include Jim Trotter. Sterling Ball will be there competing. Good luck, Sterling, as well as everybody else that will be out there. Looking for the winner for next week. And then in the second hour, we talked with Kyle Riggin from K-Rig k-rig.com check it out if you're in the market 
for a new cooker that has new forethought technology and all that stuff might be something you might want to take a look at. Plus $1,000 off now. $1,000 off. 3 grand. I don't know if that includes shipping or not. Steve D weighing in. I vote put the show back into one long podcast if you're still taking votes. I'm not taking votes and I'm not doing that. It's two. Peace it out, Steve. I know you can do it. So, again, if you're interested, check out Kyle's cooker. K-Rig, K-Rig, R-I-G-G, K-Rig.com. It will be in the show notes, of course. Huge show planned already next week. Very excited. Stephen Reichlin, among others. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe, first saying... Shark again! Let's go! And secondly, saying good night now.